Steve Coulter is a writer, editor of his hometown newspaper. Despite the slights about millennials, Steve is all about commitment to his fiance, his work, his family, and friends. The one area Steve could do with a little more commitment is to himself. Solving Steve is a way to unblock the real writer. Recorded at Dimitri's Diner in the heart of Ridgefield, Connecticut, this is Solving Steve. What's the most recent thing you wrote that you liked? Most recent thing that I wrote was my mom's 60th birthday note. When was that? This uh, two weekends ago. So you haven't written something you've liked in two weeks? No, not really. To me, the stories that I've written for the newspaper recently have just all been kind of features where it's me just talking to one person. It's not deep investigative work. It's, it's just like having this conversation, me taking notes, and then typing into a story in a format which I've always been good at I can but it's like I'm doing it in my sleep so to speak you know it's so routine at this point that yeah it doesn't it doesn't wake me up it doesn't snap me out of that that so-called slumber that I've been in for the last six to seven months so let's talk about your mother's note sure yeah I went into that and I just uh, wanted to do just kind of a freehand uh, just everything that I was feeling in that moment and uh, it ended up being this like very deep and intimate note about you know all the things we've had uh, that she's taught me, which I mean you do in a birthday note. But then it went into this kind of meditation on how I've lost uh, two friends at a young age and how she lost a friend and how that's been like kind of our bond over the last ten years um, and how she helped me get through that because she could totally relate to it. She lost her best friend in high school and I lost two of my friends in college. And so like I'm just typing away. I went three whole pages without breaking for a whole hour. I hadn't done did that. Did you sit down in, to do that or did year. that just happen? My goal was to just see what came out and like it just poured out of me. It was really, uh, I had not had that in a very long time. The only other time it would be when I was setting up notes for this episode. <laughs> Last you? Friday morning I did like eight pages of notes on, on myself, but that wasn't like, it wasn't creative writing. It was more like a torture deep yeah, deep analysis on the psyche torture so uh you were open to to going deep on, on your mother's note did you edit I think it, it much? helped because i was just in the flow of it and i didn't even think about like oh wow am i going too deep for a birthday note you know am i going too long for a birthday note it's like i just didn't even edit myself and i just think it was powerful where i got to uh, around the top of page two and then just cruised for another you know page and a half on just this this deep uh, relationship we've had through losing our friends. Steve, do you mind reading uh, a little bit from the letter? Absolutely. Um, this bit comes, you know, a little bit into it, like two pages in, but I'll just uh, read it off. You learn to appreciate your parents and the wisdom that they carry more and more with each passing year. So it's only natural that as my as I press my fingers, the tears now fill my eyes. I didn't think the journey of writing my mom's 60th birthday note would take me here, but and forgive me here if I'm being redundant, I never wavered from going in this direction. As you say, what's meant to be is meant to be. We shouldn't fight, or in this case, edit our thoughts. We should accept them, feel them, and express them. There's no sense in suppressing emotions and memories, whether they're good, bad, happy, or sad. They're all ingredients going in the same pot of stew. Once stirred a few times, they're pretty much indecipherable. Can you imagine looking for the cumin in a big bowl of chili? Yeah, neither can I. The point being, we should all resolve to have conversation, written or spoken, internal or external, come out of, of us the way our brains intend. 
don't hold back. If you want to talk about Bart Starr and the Packers, then talk about Bart Starr and the Packers. If you want to talk about Andrew Jackson and how he got the name Old Hickory, then jump right into 1820s Tennessee history and giddy up. Pick up the pick the channel and let the animation wash over you. There's no greater feeling. That's really nice. What do you like anyway about writing? What's the high? That was like that is the high is when you can get going like that. It's like you're a streaky shooter in basketball. It's like I cannot be stopped right now. I think that the subject matter, you know, just flowed pretty easily because it's you know 60th birthday. For me, I don't know if that would be the truth yeah. though. If that's you with your mom. For me, I've created this character with my own mom where we don't go deep, and that's on me. And I, I don't know if it's because I'm afraid to. Are you are you personality more than than depth? Is that what you're saying? Um, you're kind of I, playing a character. I am. Yeah. And and that's because I'm I'm trying to, you know, keep things light for her, but I'm probably, you know, in reality, ultimately not giving her some honesty that maybe she wants, I don't know. But that's that's kind of how I'm wired. So let's go to the newspaper. When you found the newspaper, were you looking for something else? Was it an accident that you became a, a newspaper writer? Because we're talking about writing and the kind of writing that gives you joy in newspaper writing. Yes. Is so a specific kind of writing I for you. I found newspaper writing when I was in high school. Uh, my friend's brother kind of recommended I was a big sports fan and I was doing a lot of like kind of just free writing, creative writing in my freshman English, sophomore English class and just, you know, writing stories and stuff. And I just mentioned to him how much I enjoyed doing that. And then, you know, he said, why don't you get in touch with the local sports editor? So I did, became a uh, sports writer in high school, covered all the teams. Uh, my first assignment was girls basketball when I was a sophomore. And uh, so that from there, I was just always a sports writer, became the assistant sports editor at my uh, university worked my way up to being managing editor of the newspaper. So I've just been in newspapers ever since high school. Got the job out of college at the press where I had worked as a high school student. And uh, and then the other facet is, too, when I was like, you know, 10 or 11, I had a subscription to USA Today. So I've always been – it's not like I just magically connected those sports and the writing and that was it. Like I also liked newspapers as a kid, which I'm sure was kind of unusual for a 10-year-old in 2001. So thinking of that toward career, you're young and you've always been about newspaper, although your writing interests are wider than that. I'm wondering yes, if it's... Yes, much wider than just the newspaper, yeah. But I'm wondering if it's not like with any relationship where you say, I got married very young. Yes. I didn't date That's around. That's how I feel. I don't know what it's like to be with anyone else. I love this I person. Don't, I don't know how it is. I've been mean? with this company ever since... It's been six years this March. That's all I've ever known. It's kind of weird. You never dated around job-wise? Yeah, well, I've applied to other jobs. If, if flirting would, is what I would consider that, not actually dating, yeah. So you bought some other jobs drinks? Yes, exactly. Took them out for a martini. <laughs> so let's talk about what is a career anyway? That's a great question. For me, it's been just this one one company and, you know, a couple different jobs, reporter, uh, editor, then now a managing editor. So, um so I've climbed the ladder, so to speak, and that. But what is a career? It can mean it's different to everybody, but like it's so hard to define because it's like you look at somebody who's my age; they could have had four or five jobs by now. And so, what is their career if they've worked for different companies in different roles? Versus my, mine is the traditional: you work at one place, you know, and it could vary from being you work at one place. Like my mom is a school teacher. You know, there's police officers that just do that their whole life, and then there's those are marriage like, jobs. Yes. And some of those careers, too, they kind of build in an infrastructure where you you feel like you've been at an altar and you made some kind of a of a promise to God almost where, yes. you know, that's the thing about the marriage. too, yeah. They put the fear of it in us to stay in it. 
in, in some ways. And it's, there's been a shift in the way work relationships are yes. as also with relationship relationships. Like it's so much easier. Like here's a good one. Like my grandparents so much understand my like, I've just been, you know, the writer, the journalist for six years. But like my sister has done three or four different companies. So it's like they can't wrap their head around all the moves, you know, because to them when they grew up, it was like, you know, the singular job. You do that for 40 years, retire. It, but today it's the kind of values have changed, so to speak. So there's some doubt. Yes. Oh, and for me? Yes. Yeah. Tons, yes. So what do we do with that? <laughs> I just try to channel it, I guess, the best I can into uh, into free writing and uh, trying to get inspired again to do something creative with my talents. I went and heard Salman Rushdie speak at a private college mm-hmm. one time, and in response to advice for young writers, his his answer to them, his advice was, please don't, we have enough books. And he followed that up after a pregnant pause with, unless you have to, speaking, of course, to what is your passion? And if you have a passion to write that, then please do. Otherwise, we're not going to get a book we want to read. So I suppose maybe it's about, for you, exploring what that actual passion is as a writer. What's the, what makes you want to be a writer? And what's the passionate part of you? I think the passionate part of me is uh, relationships, family, uh, so, so plots and themes that have to deal with uh, kind of long journeys and uh, you know family legacy kind of like an east of eden is like one of my favorite books so it's kind of like the 20 to 25 year journey of a family so those are the passions i i guess uh, to answer your question a long way seeing myself as a writer you know it would be fun to do like a uh, journalism but as a book you know uh kind of like an eric larson type he does historical fiction so in the spirit of solving steve what's in your way What's in my way? Yeah. Other than myself? That's answer number one then, well, isn't it? I think it's really hard for me because it's like I have all these unfinished books and these ideas. Like I have so many notes of different little stories that I've tried to develop over time. But it's so hard after a long day of work of editing other people's material to get home, open up the Word document and, and, and write. It's like that's the last thing I want to do is keep sitting and staring at a screen. It starts, though, with the process of that you're in right now. It starts with asking. It starts yeah. with identifying it. So you're, you have begun that and yeah, process. Yeah, so I, I, th- I think I, you know, the last six months it's been circling around, but I know for sure now that this is not what I want to do, I think, with my life. I just don't find it rewarding uh, being the editor. It's not as fun as it used to be. Let's move to another section of the newspaper, sure. shall we? Yeah. How are layoffs in your industry affecting the paper, and how does it affect your day-to-day, Steve? Our most recent layoff was uh, our cartoonist who'd been with the company for 20 years. And, uh, you know, a cartoonist seems like a luxury, and that's probably because it is at this point where newsrooms are shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. So it's easy to slash the guy who's doing the drawings and then have the editor, myself, fill that space that used to be a nice little cute community cartoon. Uh, But so I've had to fill this space on page four, which is our most read part of the newspaper, the opinion section. We had over 100 letters to the editor over the election season in four weeks. So it was like having a good opinion section is actually what I pride myself on, you know, what I've been able to maintain with the press. I kind of inherited it, but it's not like it's gone away under my kind of reign as managing editor. It's, It's still the same. People are still very involved with writing letters to the editor. But I can't fill the image space where the cartoonist was with more letters because it's too wordy. It needs to have that kind of uh, split 
You know, it has to be an image and then text. If you've ever looked at a newspaper, if it's too much text, they, they think it looks bad. So there is an image spot on page four that's now I have to fill every single week with pictures of this week it was a pig. It's just been a bunch of scenics, and I still just don't know what to make with that space. It's By the way, this isn't, from now on. this isn't newspaper-specific. Radio's been doing this for some years now, too. Corners are getting cut because they're answering to Wall Street in yes. a lot of cases, and the luxuries that they think are luxuries are not, and you wind up not having talent anymore, and then you're, you're not serving listeners, and then they go away, and it's a downward spiral. So It is a downward spiral because it's, it's, it's... And it's hard to argue, but it's also you, you know for a fact that the product suffers and the product does suffer because of this too because their their thinking is we have national cartoons through the ap that we can plug in if i wanted to put that on my page but my paper's hyper local i don't want a cartoon of what's going on in dc or what's going on in houston or california i want a cartoon that relates to my town because that's what i'm giving my readers they could get the national cartoon in the national newspapers you know i could fill it with a cartoon but it would have no place uh amongst my other stories it would just be totally disengaged from what's actually syndication in my negates your purpose yes let's open up the reporter's notebook let's open up the reporter's notebook uh, what, what have you got in there I think this week's biggest story, the one that I wanted to talk about the most, was uh, vaping. It's become kind of a national epidemic with tobacco and marijuana. The high school here in town to kind of combat the epidemic has now put in vape detectors in the bathroom, which I guess were the hot spots where kids would go to look cool and smoke their vapes. As they've been they've been doing that since the 50s. I know. Well, except now they're in different... electronics. Right, <laughs> right. But it's the same exact yeah. process. And they're not getting caught for smelly shirts. They're getting caught because the vape detector is attached to the... The heater. Yeah. Anyway, so they install these vape detectors, and we do a story on it. And my reporter is tracking down. He gets a photo from a student of what one looks like, right? And we cross-reference it with different detectors on the internet and find it was made by this New York company. It looks just the same. We call the New York company that's on their website. It's, it's the same one. It's spot on. The image matches up 100%. We call the guy, the president of the company. He confirms, yeah, we sold a batch of them to Richfield. Slam dunk. So, yeah, slam dunk. So we call, we call the high school asking to confirm, can we get the model number and, you know, whatever identifications needed. The, oh, the brand name, of course, just to make sure that we can confirm it. Because we have this one guy saying we sold to Richfield, but we just want to make sure. We want to cross all the T's here and just make sure that these are the ones. No comment from the high school. They cite student safety. They're not allowed to give away or confirm whether or not. This specific detector is brand X. That guy in New York probably hung up and went, "What? Did, why did I say that?" He gave us a little bit, I think. Yeah. Probably that, but he's not under the same. But it's like this whole veil of. Uh, it's not just education; it's all parts of our world where people want to be less transparent. It's just like, how about you just say yes? Like well, he gave us too much, I'll admit. But at the same time, what what is it really? Student safety that they're not giving us the the brand name, or is it just they're being hard asses and tight-lipped. Shouldn't they be more concerned about uh, discouraging the behavior than trying to catch them? Why not let them know it's right there. If you vape, we're going to catch yeah. you. It's just a lack of transparency, and it's just the tightness. It's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Schools aren't great at this. Oh, they're terrible. Just just figure out what they're trying to do with T-shirts and trying to keep ahead with what slogans are on T-shirts, trying yeah. to keep ahead with what the dance is at prom and whether it's lewd or not. Schools are not great at staying ahead of students. It's lewd. <laughs> but know this. And there's going to be lewd. some vaping there. <laughs> there will be vaping, and that T-shirt is probably selling something you don't want in your school. 
Steve, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Until next time. Until next time. Looking forward to it. Solving Steve is a production of Scott Schulte Communications. The Typewriter by Leroy Anderson. Copyright 1950, Woodbury Music Company. Used with permission. <laughs>